Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, help me love them like you love them. Help me love them like you love them. They say the grass is always greener on the other side, but not if you live with my husband. Okay, let me explain. To put it simply, my husband loves our grass and it drives me crazy. Although I am learning to appreciate it a little bit more because of this mindset shift that the Lord has really placed on my heart and he has really been doing work in me. I'm sure it drove my husband crazy that years ago when we first had kids, you know, started doing my reading up on things. And I like told him I'm against this and that I need organic. I don't want pesticides. And so, you know, we haven't always been like-minded with the grass and the time put into the lawn. Yet he does a wonderful job. He is amazing at so many things and he is such a blessing to us. Caring for outside is just one of the many things he is blessed with, but I'm going to focus on that and not get sidetracked because it really leads me to those conflicts in life, those differences of opinion and how they can truly become the dissecting divisions cutting at the core, or they can become challenging convictions, no matter what they are, they're opportunities. So let me explain this because this is totally an area I am still working on and I will probably be working on for a long time just the things I don't understand, but yet matter a lot to somebody else. And so once again, I'm real, not perfect. And I'm speaking to you in a very authentic way here. You know, I will always do that. I just think that there's all these opportunities. So as I go through my example, I just want to start with this challenge. Think about someone close to you. What is one thing that drives you crazy about this person? For example, for me, it's going to be my husband's obsession with our lawn. And I shouldn't say obsession, his deep focus and love for our lawn. And this sounds a little negative and like I'm complaining and I promise you I'm going to work through this and there's a purpose. I'm just kind of like going to do the mindset shift that the Lord has worked in my life on this and continues to because I hope it blesses others in hearing it too. So think about that one thing that may drive you crazy about this person. Maybe it's a few things, but just focus on one. And I'm not talking about anything unsafe or cruel or anything like that. Not at all. I'm talking about these things such as like the grass outside or whatever it may be. As much as I would like to say that nothing irritates me with time, I think that it's normal, right? That pet peeves can grow or maybe we have our own pet peeves that kind of start to get applied to other things in our lives or other areas. And so they can lead to inevitable arguments, disagreements, situations that we wish to avoid. I don't know if you're anything like me. I do not like drama. I do not like conflict. I try to avoid it. 
And yet sometimes the way the world is, right? We just face it. We're not all the same. So we are going to have these situations where we have differing opinions. We have conflicts. And so our reaction in those moments is truly what makes the difference. And so the reality is they exist, the differences. And while compromise is a crucial part of a relationship, sometimes it is not possible, right? Instead, sometimes it may require some acceptance on our part. And once again, I'm not talking about anything unsafe or cruel. I'm talking in this case, my husband's love of our lawn. And so the one thing that drives me crazy, accept it. At first inside like this battle, like, no, I can't do that. You know, the Lord's like, just give it a chance. But how, how do we do that? Hear me up here. So this one thing, perfect grass, it drove me crazy because perfect grass is not possible in the life of having a dog that passed away a year ago, but now we have a puppy. And so we've always had a dog. So working towards perfect grass, having now three kids and a puppy, it kind of seems like they conflict a little. And so I'm always like, why are we striving for something that's impossible? It seems like a waste of time to me. We could be doing this on the weekend. We should be doing this. And we already are so busy on weekends with sports and activities with the kids and birthday parties and whatnot. And still, he spent hours relentlessly making sure that our lawn would one day be perfect. This is my perception, remind you. He did this as I myself was in this phase of like trying to undo this need for perfection, learning to embrace life imperfect and all. And I remember that there was this one summer where I'm like, finally, like feeling like trying to go more with the flow and just like feeling so emotionally in the best place I had had ever been at. And so excited for the weekends to spend time together. And then we see that some of these afternoons, he would have to spend outside taking care of the grass. It was so much time and so much work needed to be done. And sure, the kids could be out there. And I was so fixated on he's wasting all this time on the weekend. I was focused on that. And so for months he worked on that. And then we had a basement issue where our basement flooded and we needed to have a lot of work done in the backyard to prevent future flooding to happen. And so for months, workers were coming and working on the drainage issues. And soon our backyard was really looking really nice. It was just a really great thing that was unfolding. And In my head, I was like, this is great. I love hosting people. I love having people over and just being around family and friends. And so it's like, this is a perfect setup for a barbecue or for like summer get togethers. But there was one issue in my husband's eyes. He didn't see it as a perfect setup. Now, in all of this work the workers were doing, there was one patch because they had all these machines. I'm probably saying the wrong thing. I don't mean to be ignorant at all with this. I probably should look into what the machines are called and all those things, but it's not the purpose of this. But they had brought in all their vehicles and equipment and put it on one part of our grass that my husband had worked on and the grass was looking so great everywhere else. But this one patch of his beloved grass was destroyed by the workers. Therefore, any parties, barbecues, or actually anyone near that section of the lawn was forbidden the rest of the summer. The kids couldn't walk on there. We couldn't put up things back there. Nothing. Nothing can go there. I tried. I really tried to be patient with it. However, many of the days he would drive home from work and run to meet his growing patch of grass that he was now working on before saying hi to me 
And I remember so many times I almost lost it, more than I would like to admit. That was until I took on a poetry challenge. Now, I love poetry. I have been writing poetry most of my life, not even realizing it when I was really young. And so it had been around this time that summer that I had really wanted to push in deeper with poetry. And I was pushing for this dream to be published and I really wanted to take it more seriously. And so at the time, I really thought it would be my poetry that would get me published. And so I heard from a a friend who was also a poet about an opportunity. And so it required me to devise a poem that was based on a prompt and a model poem. And so if I was chosen, I would be published into this upcoming book. So what did I have to lose? I had nothing to lose. So I sat down to review the prompts and one of them jumped out at me. This is the focus. The prompt said, for your own love poem, zero in on a single talent your beloved has. Right away, his grass jumped into my head. His grass. My pet peeve, his passion. Could it really be seen as a positive? A talent. That obsession that drove me mad and crazy. The task of this poetry submission was it called me to learn about the talent and turn it into a metaphor. Therefore, I sat outside on that late spring evening and I asked him questions about terms I never knew existed. Or if I'm being completely honest, terms I never cared about. Or rather, I never tried to care about. I asked him to share about his love of grass. He thought I was crazy, first of all. He looked at me like I had lost my mind. But I sat there. I still have this image in my mind of us sitting there and him looking at me like, wait, what? You're asking me about the grass? Instead of whining and complaining about the grass? So he shared all about it. And I listened. At first I listened. I didn't do anything. And then I went inside. I'm actually laughing because I think of how funny it must have been. I went inside and asked him to hold on because I wanted him to retell me everything because I wanted to take notes. And he looked at me like I was really lost my mind, which isn't so out of sorts because I feel like that happens a lot. Also, strangely, that poem was drafted during that time, but that poem was chosen to be published. It was actually my first poem as an adult that was published. So something that drove me crazy for years had turned a new leaf. Suddenly, I didn't feel so crazy over it. Let me read you the poem and then we'll go on to talk about this a little bit more. It's called Grass. Who's kept receipts anyways? Things you learned over the years. Growth you sang into the grass. Never doubting sun and rain to not agree. What steps to grow? What patience set free? Why throw dough to someone stranger when you can spend or at least you'll start using the rototiller? Sweating over the edges spreading over the daunting dirt so many weekends to foster new year's lawn fertilizer for the poking patches tall fescue perennial rye manual hose automatic display and tools i cannot even say sun and water and more seed depend on you to know how to apply and bring back to life lean on you to never die That poem is actually published in the book by Diane Lockward, and the book is called The Practicing Poet, Writing Beyond the Basics. It's a wonderful collection of poetry, writing tips. I've used some of them with my own students. And so while I did not write this based on scripture or even in prayer, 
it relates to God's word because it involves love. And we are called to love each other, right? This I command, love each other. John 15, 17, we are commanded to love. We can't love someone fully if we have parts of our hearts hardened towards them. What a blessing it would be if we tried and prayed that pet peeves turned into blessings. If we prayed, God, help me turn this pet peeve. Help me release. I don't want to hold this pet peeve. I want to love like you love. I want to see this person how you see them. I want to turn it into a blessing. And so let's try that this week. I'm going to try it for something else this week. I just got to pray on what I should try it for. Let's try to do that. Maybe you already have. Embrace what drives you crazy about someone you love. And like I said before, I'm not talking about anything unsafe or cruel, of course. Instead, I'm thinking something innocent, like the love of their green grass. It is something my husband takes pride in, and I dismissed it for a long time. I still have a battle with it. But let's not dismiss opportunities to love people. Let's learn more about those things. Let's see what happens. I did not know it at the time, but it was a perfect way to fight back with love and extinguish many potential arguments, leaning in, listening, try to find out why they love that thing so much. We may always have patches of imperfect grass that call my husband to spend hours tending to it that makes me want to scream and roll my eyes, but at least I can appreciate the beauty of its growth more. At least I can appreciate the passion and the man behind it. And hopefully... (laughs) We'll have some barbecues in the meantime. We have, we have, we totally have. But I just pray that when the Lord speaks, that we act and we do it. I pray to walk more and more aligned with his ways and with the Holy Spirit. I pray to be used today to bring the hope of Jesus to others. And so when the opportunities come, let's not overlook them. Staring at the other side, that is not my grass to have. I pray that we see the heart behind the action. We see the passion. We see the person that Jesus loves. I pray that we see people the way God sees them, and I pray that we love them the way that God loves them or the way that they deserve to be loved because there is no greater love than Him, right? His love is so great. The Lord loves us so much, but we can strive to love more like Him. I pray to embrace this grass before me and the man who cares for it in the way that honors the Lord. This is my command that you love one another as I have loved you, John 15, 12. A new command I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, 34 to 35. And with that, let's go out and look for the opportunities. Let's find something that we want to work on, that we know we should work on. I knew I was supposed to work on this for a long time. So let's pray. Dear God, You are love. Forgive my bitterness or pettiness, including the stuff in areas that go unseen. You see it. I see it. I lift it up to you. I pray today to hear you when you speak and to listen to what you call me to take care of. Even if it's uncomfortable, I pray to act and do it. I pray to walk more aligned with the Holy Spirit. I pray to be used today to bring the hope of Jesus to others and that when opportunities arise to show love or to lean in to learn more, about someone that you love. I pray that I don't overlook them, staring at the other side, staring at my own selfishness. I pray that the hardened parts of my heart would soften to love more like you. I pray to see the heart behind the action. I pray to see people the way you see them. I pray to love them the way they deserve to be loved. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you'll follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.